Well, good morning. Good morning. Come on in and have your seats. I've got a couple of announcements that I want to run by you, and then we want to just spend a little time in prayer before we begin our service here this morning. It is our first week of Advent, and as we look to our risen King and our coming King, we praise Him for all that He has done for us. Um, please just make sure, if you're new to our church, there is a welcome center out to the right of the sanctuary. If you go out, if you haven't uh, done this already, if you go out there, they have actually a gift to give to you and some information about the church. I would really encourage you to go out there and do that. Uh, also, if you didn't get it, when you come in, um, outside there is a welcome sheet and there is also weekly announcements. If you look on the front, there are weekly announcements, some of the key things that are going on in our church. And then on the back are some recent prayer requests. So I would encourage you to pick one up if you haven't done so already. Just a couple of major announcements. There is a women's community Bible study uh, meets on Fridays here. And there is a ladies Christmas carol and cookie night. Um, it will be meeting on Friday the 10th, this Friday at 6 p.m. I just want to let you know that our Christmas Eve service will be on cross Friday, Christmas Eve the 24th, and it will start at 5 p.m. I think that's it. I want to just give another push to what Pastor Tim mentioned last week about child care. And please reach out to Kristen for that, Kirsten for that. And I think that's all I've got. Let me read to you Psalm 13, if you would hear this with me. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemies be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. You know, this has been a really challenging week. Uh, the Allpaw family, um, Steve lost his aunt, uh, Elaine, and tragically murdered right here in our town. Um, his cousin Bart is in intensive care, actually critical condition, but he's stable now. We do pray for that family. Um, they also have a brother-in-law that um, um, is in intensive care right now, Kim, um, her mom was in intensive care as well, and she had a stroke this week. I reached out to Kim. She was stable, um, making progress. Uh, the Adams family with um, family member in ICU. It's just one after the other. Gary Hoyt, uh, Fran Pilch's family, um, or connected to the um, Habitat, Bart, who has a rare form of cancer, and of course, um, we have the Kellys, Diana Kelly, who's continuing with her cancer. And then uh, we heard yesterday that Victor um, had an injury um, and cut a number of his fingers, and he went into surgery this morning. So, yeah, as I was thinking of that psalm, how long, how long, how long, O Lord, the psalmist is crying out to God in his pain, but he's calling out to God in prayer, and he concludes with praise. And so I... I I just want you to pray for these family members and friends in our congregation. Feel their pain. Cry out to God. Uh, call out to Him and pray that God does a work in their lives and through their lives. Would you, would you pray with me? Father, as, as I look at this psalm, four times in the first two verses... David cries out, how long, how long, how long, how long? And, and Father, the prayer requests that I just read are not even close to all the prayer requests that are part of this congregation right now this morning. There are requests that are known and then requests that are unknown only to you, Lord. So, Lord, I pray right now, as people are grieving and people are in trials and they're in pain, I pray that, as, as you said through Paul, that you're the God of all comfort. 
I pray that you would comfort us with an amazing, gracious presence in your life, in our lives. Lord, I pray that we have this opportunity to cry out to you right now. I pray for that Al Paul family, Father. I pray that I can't even comprehend what it would be like to experience what they're going through right now. I pray for them. Lord, I can't, can't imagine um, the Kelly family, Father, with, with the struggles that Diana has been having and now the struggles that Victor's having and in surgery. I pray for wisdom. I pray for skill for the doctors. I pray for um, healing to his hand. Lord, I pray for the Jones family, and I thank you that mom is making some progress. I pray for wisdom there. I pray for the Adams family, Lord. I pray for our church. Father, I don't know how people endure the pain except for knowing that you are a God who offers a sweet and at times bitter providence. I praise you for the fact that you are a providential God. You're a sovereign God. I thank you that David could end this psalm by saying that you've dealt bountifully with us. Father, remind us that you could do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. So do that work today. Help us to worship your son today. Fill us by your spirit today. And help us to bring glory and honor to your name today. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Chapel family. Please stand with us.
Amen.
joy that we have that the nation of Israel did not have prior to your coming. We have already received the gift that is you, the ultimate treasure, the ultimate reconciler, the ultimate restorer, the one who comes and makes all things new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, lift up a shout of praise to the Lord. He's so good. We just worship you and honor you and thank you that we know you, that we know you, that we have the word of God in a language we understand, that we can commune with you through your spirit, that you have not left us as orphans. And that is the message of Christmas. The perfect gift, the perfect gift promised from the very beginning, from Genesis. You are a promise keeper, and we can trust you. With the deepest things in our hearts, we can trust you. So this Christmas season, we just want to honor you and meditate on the message that is God with skin on, coming lowly to a manger in a stable, so confounding to the world and even still to us. But you have always housed such glory in jars of clay. It is good to be reminded of your coming. It's good to remember what you did on our behalf and that so many hearts around the world are still longing, are still broken, and many today need your healing, Lord. We need you. We need you. We need you. And we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. We prepare a place for you in our hearts, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We love you. We love you. We pray all these things in your name, Lord, and ask that you would just continue our time of worship through Pastor Dove. Speak mightily through him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, worship team. Uh, uh, Junior church, young people ages 5 to 3rd grade can be dismissed at this time for junior church. Heading there to the back. All right. Well, I I have a chair up here. I don't plan to use it unless I have to. I never quite know with this knee what it's going to do. So um, there's a good chance I'm going to need surgery in January for it. So that's that's why I've got the... I I had the same problem with my right knee um, about 10 years ago, and they had to do surgery. And I remember right after the surgery, I was on crutches, and I had to speak at a teen camp up at Camp Calvary. Um, Chris, you weren't there for this one, but this was quite a few years ago. But um, they set up a, sw- a swivel chair for me for the whole week. 
And I remember, because Camp Calvary, it's really wide if you've been up there. So, like, I felt I was just, I was doing this major swivel the whole time. So, I won't do that to you. I think, I think we'll probably be okay. But, um, anyway. This um, brings, that today, we're finishing up on chapter 3 in Ephesians. And just so you know what we're doing, we're going to take a break here. And for the next three weeks, we'll be having three messages on, on a Christmas theme, all right? And then we'll be coming back to chapter 4 and finishing up on Ephesians together. So I was thinking about prayer, and um, one of the great theologians, um, Linus, tells us this. Um, I'll just read it. He tells Lucy, I think I've made a new theological discovery. Well, what is it? If you hold your hands upside down, you get the opposite of what you pray for. Um, I don't think that works. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. But it does remind me that when it comes to the issue of prayer, we often have mixed responses about it, don't we? Sometimes it's nothing but a guilt trip. You don't pray enough. Okay, something along those lines. Other times, it just seems downright boring because you think you've got to pray for 100 people or something at one time. You you, you know what I'm saying? And, And it's really, really easy sometimes with prayer for it to no longer become an intricate part of who we are and what we do as a church. What I can tell you is you read the book of Ephesians, Paul will have none of that. And the other thing that I find when I come to the book of Ephesians is Paul will tell me how to pray. I think sometimes we're bored with prayer because we don't know exactly what we should be praying about. And this passage sets forth, I tell you, if you don't know how to pray and you pray this passage for us as a church, for you as an individual, and for me as an individual, I am one happy camper. Okay, really. You could just do this one every day and like that, sign me up. I'm, I'm, I'm really good with that. This particular prayer, though, is a prayer to experience God's presence and love more deeply. Do you think there's any need of that in our day? We got that one down. We got the God thing down, right? Hmm. Let me take you on a trip, just a really quick trip, just because we're going to finish up here on Ephesians 3, and then it's going to be a couple weeks till we come back, but kind of where we've been, and I want you to realize, as you see on the chart up here, um, in the first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul is absolutely driven by praise and prayer, right? So he starts out the book, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all uh, spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And it goes right into a prayer. So Tim talked about that. I won't rehash it. It was You can go watch the video. And, and right into that, right out of that, Paul says, God, God, make it real in our lives. Let us believe it from the inside out. He then goes into chapter 2, and he unpacks just how lost Doug Finkbeiner was. How lost you were. And he, after describing that, there's that turning point where he says, but God. And when he gets done that, he says, I don't want to just talk about the difference God has made in your life individually. He has. I want to talk to you about the difference he makes in our life corporately. At the end of chapter 2. And you know, by the time he gets to the end of chapter 2, you know what he calls us as the, as the church of God? He calls us a holy temple. His temple, where he wants to dwell. Individually, yes, but corporately too. And what he's doing is, he's just saying, God, you are incredible what you have done. Look at how chapter 3, verse 1 begins. Chapter 3, verse 1. For this reason, do you see that? Look at verse 14. What's it say? For this reason. Paul actually, as James had mentioned last week, Paul actually wants to start praying at chapter 3, verse 1. But as soon as he says, 
I, Paul, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, he thinks to himself, oh, somebody's going to feel like, oh, what a bummer that I'm in prison because, because of, of all this. And Paul says, are you kidding me? I take anything to be able to be a minister of Jesus Christ. I get to bring the mystery of God and the gospel to people that have never heard it before. Stick me wherever you want to stick me. So, so he's telling the church, don't feel bad about that. It's okay if I'm in prison. I get to communicate this. So he kind of gets off of that rabbit trail, right? He says, okay, now I want to pray. Coming out of chapter 2, in light of what God has done for you individually, in light of what God has done among us corporately, Paul says, let me pray for you. And folks, may this be the prayer of the chapel. I would love it this week if you go home and a couple times this week, maybe every day, whenever it works for you, would you pray this prayer back for yourself and for us? Because here's the bottom line. The kind of change God wants to bring into our lives, the kind of realization where we experience the wonder of his lordship and his presence in an intimate way will only be done by him. I have no secret method. Hey, it, here it is. All right, I don't, I don't it's all God. But if we keep going back before him, I live with this dream that I will take to my grave, that God can do something incredible in our lives individually, and God can do something in our lives corporately, if we'll let him. So look at what he says. Chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, for what reason, Paul? God. His salvation individually, what he's doing among us corporately, all that for this reason. I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And although it's debated, I would argue that the people he's referring to there are all saints of all ages. Do you know, we get to call God Father. Isn't that amazing? I forget that. I, I, sometimes when I pray, I, my first thing I'll say is, Dear Heavenly Father. It's just like, it's automatic. But there's other times I'll stop and I'll pause for a moment and I'll just say, that's unbelievable. You mean, I get to call you Father? Mm-hmm. I have derived my name as Christian from him and him alone. And all we can do in the wonder that the God, the majestic God of the universe, would love us so much that he sent his son, all we can do is bow our knees and say, Father. Do you see? What specifically does he ask? I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. Any Christian, he's our Father. I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in the inner man. Oh, I went too far. There we go back there. There's a lot there, folks. For most of my life, I had very little money in my bank account. Uh, six kids, minister, rental, used cars. That was my life, Okay gotten better a little bit with the kids out of the house. You know, I get to save a little bit more money, but, but, but it still gets tight sometimes. But can you imagine if your father was a billionaire and you needed something? There's some things that my kids could ask me, hey, dad, I could use a new house. And I could say, sorry, I'll pray about it. <laughs> I have no resources for that one. Zero. God says, what I'm going to do right now is out of the riches of what I have. And out of the riches of what he has, he can do anything, can he? 
So God says, out of this, this, this blank check, through my spirit, what is it that I exactly want to do? That you would be empowered through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell on your hearts through faith. That, that idea of dwelling in your hearts is um, sometimes we might say that that means to be at home. I, I, I remember when we first moved to Lancaster, um, it's been, I don't know, seven years now, I guess, right, Sherry? It's been a while. Um, you know, at first it doesn't feel like home. I don't know my neighbors. I don't know the area. I didn't understand the school. I just wanted to go back to Lansdale. That's where I, that's where I know everything. That's home. But over the years, it's changed. Now when I go by Lansdale, it's nice to see the old house. But I'm at home in Lancaster. What does it mean for Christ to be at home in our hearts? You know what it means? It means there's nothing in my life that he's uncomfortable with. There's there's no closet that's in my house that's off limits to Christ. Christ, you can be, a guy wrote a book years ago, what was was the name? Uh, My Heart, Christ's Home, or something like that. I can't remember the guy's name. Munger, Munger. It's an old book, an old book. But in it, he talks about the different rooms as different parts of our lives. The kitchen is the place of appetites, and the dining room is a place of fellowship, who you hang out with, and all that kind of stuff. But, but his point in the book, which I found to be so fascinating, was that Christ is Lord of every room in my house. Is there any place in my heart that is off limits to Christ? God, you can do your work in my family. Don't touch my work. If I want to do unethical things there, I'll do unethical things there, but don't touch my work. It's not an option for Christianity, is it? Every door, every room is completely open to him so that he can be at home as Lord. Nothing is held back. No relationship, no setting, no occasion, nothing. Do you want that? You're not going to really pray about it if you don't really want it. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, may our constant prayer be, God, out of your unfathomable resources, through the power of your Spirit, do whatever you have to do in my heart so that Christ is Lord of all. Do you know what? If you pray that and pray it and keep taking it back to God, do you think he'll change you? Oh, man. (laughs) You'll start getting things like, oh, man, Lord, I don't know if I want to open that door. Like, can we keep that bedroom door shut? We we all have closets, right? Don't don't we all have, like, special closets where you go, like, if you open that, man... Bad thing. If you pray that from your heart, what he wants to do is he wants to so overwhelm you with the wonder of redemption and what he's done for us that you just say, Lord, I can trust you with everything. I will open that door and that door and that door. You get it all. Do you think Christians ever struggle with private sins? Secret things? That they hide so that nobody knows? Yeah. And this prayer goes to the very core of Doug Finkbeiner's soul and say, Doug, the wonder of redemption, the wonder of what God has done, the wonder of what he can do, Jesus wants to be Lord of all. He wants to be able to say, well, you know when I'm around Finkbeiner? I'm at home. That's a powerful prayer. Paul says, coming out of the wonders of redemption, God wants to do this work where we are empowered from the inside out and that Christ is Lord. But then what? The prayer doesn't end there. It's a whole series of so that's. Look what he goes on to say. 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Um, and now, I, I'm using the NIV. The NIV here has, and I pray that you. It really, just in the Greek, it's just the word, in order that. In other words, it's just saying like, keep going, man. Because it's not all about just saying, okay, Doug Finkbeiner wants Christ to be Lord of all in his life as he lives life individually before God. It never stops there, folks. It always bleeds over. Look where it bleeds over. So it says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Is there any other way to experience the cross but that? How can we possibly look back at the wonders of the cross and come up with any other word than love? You are there, God. I am here. The chasm is unfathomable. And you, Emmanuel, have become one of us to live the life I could never live and die the death that I deserve to die. What do you call that but love? My whole life, your whole life, if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's rooted in love that the God of the universe who doesn't need us actually wants us. Unbelievable. So I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power I'm going to read this because it's, it's interesting. May have the power, because I don't have the power myself, neither do you. May have the power together with all the Lord's holy people. Do you, see, do you see what's happening here? It's not just me in my room alone with God. It is that, but it can never stop there. It bleeds over into God, work powerfully through all these individuals who are now coming together whose lives are so rooted in love that when they come together, they just want to unpack that. Look at what it says. I love this. May have power, the power together with all the people of God to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge. Aren't those words interesting to you? I want you to know something that's unknowable. What? You know what that tells me? The Christian life is this ongoing experience where we just go deeper and deeper into the wonder of who God is and what he's done for us. I've been saved 10 years. I got it. No, you don't. Well, you have something, but you haven't got it yet. We are constantly getting it. And we're constantly coming back before God. And maybe, you know, sometimes it happens with, you know, I, with the worship, I praise God for our worship team. We're singing a song. And you know what it's like in those moments sometimes, don't you? Where you're going like, yeah, Emmanuel. You know, why can't I be up there singing with those guys? You know, right? And you just, you just can't help yourself. Didn't you feel that today? I mean, it's part of what we do. But this text deals with that and beyond. And it says, let's pray that when we get together, I come up and I say, hey, Elizabeth, let's try to figure out just how high and, and deep and wide and long is the love of Jesus. You first. <laughs> you know, and then she says, well, this is what God's doing for me. And I was thinking about this, about the cross, and totally overwhelmed me. Oh, that's really good, too. Well, you know what God did for me? And blah, 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 blah. I mean, I love talking about football. Not the Eagles necessarily all the time. Sometimes, <laughs> you know. Is anybody, are there any Eagle fans in? in? Two. Two. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but your New York teams aren't much better. I'm just saying, right? So I'm just saying. But, but whatever. Whoever you like doesn't matter. And I mean, not, nothing wrong with, uh, with, with, yeah, we enjoy. These are, these are things God gives us to enjoy. It's wonderful. But you know, I have found the best moments in my life is when Shuri and I have a couple in or we go over to that couple's house and we sit down and we laugh, we talk about all kinds of fun things. And then we start talking about Jesus. 
And they say something and, you know, I get a little tear in my eye because it's just like, man, that's, man, that's good. It's really good. And, and, or, or you come to a baptism. How about that baptism, the baptisms we had? If that didn't bring a tear to your eye, you know, you're too far gone. Okay. And so am I. This is about ready to fall off. Are we okay, Don? I almost knocked that thing off my head. I don't know. How do you do that? I don't know. I have no idea, but I almost did. Okay, whatever. I can do a lot of things. Um, but do you see what I'm saying? Where, where we as a group who, who know the incredible love of Christ that we can never be separated from, that is always ours, with a God who is always for us, even in the most difficult situations where things don't make sense. God is for me there. Isn't that what Romans 8 says? God will never be against you, Christian. He's always for you in Jesus Christ. He will always work to bring you closer to himself. And you read that Romans 8 passage and you get completely overwhelmed with the love of Christ. It gets to the end of Romans chapter 8 and he says, what's going to separate us from the love of Christ? And he does what we call merisms, which just means you give me the poles and it includes everything in between. Life and death. Height and death. Did you see what he's doing? He, he gives you all this stuff to include all this stuff. Nothing will separate you from the love of Christ. What does it mean for you and I to get together as couples in small groups, as we fellowship together after church, and say, hey, let's explore that love thing again with each other. Let's go deeper there. What's, what, how's God showing that to you as you're reading and uh, in light of the experiences you're having? And we just go deeper and deeper and deeper and we actually begin to get to know the unknowable. Because God does something in the very core of our soul, not just as something that's merely cognitive, but something that impacts us from the inside out. Do you think that's a good prayer? I think that's a really good prayer. God, rule. Rule as Lord of my, in my heart. And as painful as that might be, as you expose things in my life that I don't want to face, help me know that in that process, you are for me. And that at the end of the day, that what's most important is that you reign as Lord in my heart. God, God, do that in my heart. What a wonderful prayer. And then, every opportunity I get to get together with God's people, I want you to know, Jake, I got to tell you what God's doing, man. And Jake's saying, yeah, I got to tell you back. Dave, 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 did you know? And, and, and it doesn't mean we're denying the challenges and the difficulties of life. It's just that we're keeping central, which is most central. Because all those other things in our life that we worry about so much are things that can never separate us from his love. Ever, ever. Yeah, but they feel, push them out because they're not. Always see them in light of this. I'm rooted in love. The God of the universe who doesn't need me has loved me. And he's brought us together. Chapel should be a place where we can be open and honest we, can, we shouldn't be like marbles which just kind of bounce off of each other. We should be like strawberries that can bleed all over each other. Do you see? I mean, that's what the text is about. And Paul says, look, I'm giving you all this praise and theology about what God has done for us in Christ. My goodness, you got to experience it. Yeah, yeah, Jesus died for me, whatever. Not Whatever. Wow, I'm all struck. Deeper and deeper and deeper. And look what he ends up saying in verse 19. 
And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, and here's the next, the final that, if you will, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You're like, what in the world does that thing mean? You know, we've already learned in Ephesians chapter 1 that because we are in Christ and the fullness of God resides in him, the fullness of God positionally and relationally is ours. But position and relationship doesn't always mean experience. So what he's saying is, what happens if the chapel is known as a group of believers who are constantly saying, be Lord of all, do your work, whatever it means from the inside out. And when we get together, we're not stoic, like, I can't do that, I can't do that. No, we gush all over everybody because we're just overwhelmed that God has loved us in Christ. Do you see? He says, then, what is true of us relationally, potentially, positionally, can actually experientially, practically be true of us. This image was often used of of God in the Old Testament coming down and showing his presence in the temple itself. And I wonder, wouldn't it be wonderful if people would walk into our door, they would meet us, and they may be taken back, you know, if they don't know Christ, they may think these people are a little bit weird, they're really Jesus people, I don't know. They could think a whole bunch of things. But for them to come in and say, this is a special people. It's a special place. There's something here. God is at work. Where you go like, wow. You know, there's this really interesting verse over in Acts chapter 5. I've always found it to be fascinating. Where it talks about the, the apostles, they're, they're, they're ministering God's word, they're doing miracles of bunch of things are going on. And it makes this really interesting statement that there's, there's a group of people that when they see God at work, they're drawn to the church. And they want to become part of it. And there's another group that are so in awe that something there is happening, but I don't think I want to get too close. So there's both an attraction and a repelling all at the same time in the church in Acts 5. When God and his presence is sensed. That can be us, folks. Why? Because I got like three easy steps and we can crank it out. And There's no mechanistic way to do it. But God. Where God so works individually and among us in light of what we're talking about, That God says, I will reveal who I am to the world around through my people. Man, you take that one to the bank. And then, just so you don't miss anything, look what he says in verse 20. I love this. And and to to help you with that, uh, I kind of put it up like this. What if verse 20 said this? Now unto him who is able to do what we ask. Could you take that one to the bank? Oh, man, I love it. Hey, God, here's my request. Be Lord of my life. I just asked you. God says, okay, I can do that. I can do that. You can't, Doug, but I can. Okay, through you. Is that what the text says? What if the text said, now unto him who's able to do what we ask or think. That's cool. I mean, that's really cool. Like, I don't even have to verbalize it. I can just be thinking in my mind. God can do that one too. Now unto him who's able to do all that we ask or think. I really like that one. Paul says, now I'm not done yet. Here it is. Now unto him who is able to do far beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. 
to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. There's no nifty program that I can give you for us to be the church of Christ. But I can tell you this. If we bow our knees before the Father who is for us, the Father who has in his riches, his bank account, has no price tag. He has given us of his spirit so that that spirit can work in our individual hearts from the inside out so that Christ is Lord of all. And what we do is we come together and we just talk of his love again and again and again and again. And God does something among us that is unexplainable. But it's his work. So that at the end of the day, all we can do is point back and say, unto you, to you, and you alone, who can do all of this. Thank you. In Christ's name, amen. What I'd encourage us to do this week is to start praying that prayer. Sometimes people will say things like, well, you know, the chapel's got some issues. And I will say back, more than you know. I'm just saying. You think? Have you ever people say, like, they come to the church, say like, you know, there's a lot of hypocrites in the church, so I don't go to the church. And I, I, so I, my first thought is, you don't know the half of it, actually. <laughs> However, with all of those tendencies, God is at work. Okay? So that, that, is, that is no excuse for anything. Yeah, we got issues in the chapel. We always will. But that doesn't mean you can't start praying here. And then when you talk here, let it focus on his incredible redemptive love in Christ. And then don't be surprised what he does. For his glory and for the good of his people. Let's pray. Father, we get to call you Father. May we never get over that one, Lord. Would you do your good work in our lives? Lord, will you start with me? Will you start with each one of us? Will our hearts be open to whatever you have for us? as your spirit convicts and works, and may we open up closets and doors and rooms, whatever it takes, secret sins, private sins, whatever it is, Lord, or the ones that are just out there before everybody. Let us face them for what they are in the raw, Lord, because where sin abounds, grace abounds more. And within that context, Lord, May we learn the joy of repentance from the inside out. Then, Father, may we as a corporate group just come together and share again and again and again the wonders of your love. And then, you will be seen among us, Lord, and you will be glorified. Please, through your Spirit, Father, the one who is for us because of Christ, do your good work. In Christ's name I pray, amen. thought would come we were looking for a king 
But he didn't come in glory The author of the oceans and the sun Still he chose to be Written in our story So we could feel Our flesh and blood And we could know his love Emmanuel a manger for a bed no crown upon his head he came like us instead Emmanuel he meets you where you are he holds your heavy heart our God is with us all Emmanuel Emmanuel It was no mistake It was no mistake that he arrived Lost without a home Helpless as a baby so if we're feeling lost in our own lives, we are not alone. He has felt the same things because he lived in flesh and blood. We can know his love. Emmanuel. A manger for a bed, no crown upon his head. He came like us instead. And Emmanuel, he meets you where you are. He holds your heavy heart. Our God is with us all. And Emmanuel. Emmanuel What an invitation And oh what an invitation Oh his only expectation Is for us to come and offer him our own to kneel before the child you shall be called Emmanuel a manger for a bed no crown upon his head he came like us instead Emmanuel he meets you where you are he holds your heavy heart. Our God is with us all. Emmanuel, a manger for a bed. No crown upon his head. He came like us instead. Emmanuel, he meets you where you are. He holds your heavy heart. Our God is with us all, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Lord, this morning we give you the praise and the glory. We thank you for coming down to us, drawing near to us. We don't have to go and seek you out, try and work our way into your good graces, Lord. But you drew near to us. You came in a humble way. You came like us in the same way, this earth. And yet you were the king. You humbled yourself. And Lord, we thank you that you are now the king reigning forever. That we can come to you with all of our desires and thoughts, the things that we're looking for healing for, the issues in the world, the issues in our life. And you do far beyond that. Lord, we thank you for this morning that we can join together. And now as we leave, Lord, may this scripture that Doug said be true over us. 
I just want to read this. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Have a great week.